I thought you, that you were going to propose to me. Me? Today? Maya needed a holiday break. Pet Products has fallen into a little bit of a slump. Clara and Scoots are going across the United States in a goodwill tour. <clears throat> I'll go. You? Instead, she got Patrick. And my father owns company. You'll be fine. It might even be fun. I'd really like to go over our ground rules for this trip. No road rage, tailgating, passing, or, or speeding. You don't have an impulsive bone in your entire body. Now they have until Christmas to drive across the country. Ain't no dogs out here. This is Scoots. You know, the most famous dog in designer pet products. I use his mango conditioner on my beard. Next up, Willoughby. I'd really like green tea. My boyish charm is finally starting to break down your walls. And maybe fall in love. Move forward with your life and find somebody better. You ladies been naughty? Well, you know that little news story about Scoots breaking out of jail? This is the best thing that's ever happened. Ashley Scott. Patrick Muldoon, George Hamilton, Shelley Long. From the Academy Award-winning film The Artist, Uggy. I have fallen in love with you. Do you feel the same way about me? Holiday Road Trip. Welcome again to another stocking stuffer. This time we're going to Amazon Prime, and I'm here to... Wait a minute. Oh, somebody's at the door. Let me go see who that really each other oil is like crazy. Wendy Mays from the Losers and Pet Cinematary, what are you doing here? What? Oh my goodness. Hi. Well, I don't know where the southern accent came from, but hi, Emily. How are you doing? I hope the southern accent means that you like came bearing pecan pies and pralines and such. Mm-hmm. I came straight from Dollywood <gasps> and I brought all of the greatest gifts that you can imagine. Oh, now, why would I need to eat all of these things? What am I going to be like sitting back and watching a, a movie that might cause me to overeat out of pain and suffering? Um, possibly. Or it could be that you're about to go on a road trip and need some snacks for your car. That's could be one point. of those or any kind of combo of the two. See, when I go on a road trip, I usually just eat one day and then I'm good for the rest of it. <laughs> I personally like to bring a tin of small hot dogs yes, along that in a can that you have way. to pop open. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people get car sick, but if you eat a tiny jar of preserved hot dogs, you're good. Yeah. Uh, now, in what movie would <laughs> Patrick Muldoon eat canned hot dogs uh why it is a little made for tv movie called holiday road trip holiday road trip i don't know why it's not called christmas road trip we'll, we'll start mm -hmm. off there because this is definitely a christmas centric film it's a war on christmas you know how it is that's you know that is that is true <laughs> uh so 2013 um, I had, you know, I'm a big fan of Wendy. I think a lot of us are. Wendy does Pet Cinematary, which is, are you the only um, pet on film podcast that you know of? Um, I think I began that way anyway. I'm going to toot my own horn. Ooh, I began yeah. that way, but I believe that there is a, maybe one or two other ones now. I think that there's a dog-centric one. Okay. Um, but you remain the best pet-centric animal so film sweet. podcast. Aww. Uh, and then you also have an Oscars podcast. Uh, yeah, so I take a look at the losers of uh, cinematic history, the losers of the Academy Award, mm. uh, which is always fun. So we take a look at the winner and then one of the random kind of losers that didn't get the golden statue. <laughs> it is very fitting then, of course, that today's film really, I mean, in terms of like a Venn diagram of what you should be talking about, it is most definitely holiday road trip. And why is that? Uh, maybe because a little celebrity superstar is it by, in the by the name Uggie. Yeah. Uggie the dog. I mean, who... Uggie, one of, I mean, probably like the premier actor of the 21st century in the animal world. Uh, I mean, you would know more about this than me, but I feel like if I had to name a pet actor in the last 20 years, I'm going Grumpy Cat and I'm going Uggie. Those are the first two that pop up to me. 
Yeah, so Uggy was in The Artist. Maybe maybe you've heard of that one, but uh, <laughs> the kind of silent film. I was going to say, I haven't heard not... it. It's silent, but um Yeah, the, um, it didn't really sweep the Oscars, but it definitely was the darling of the Oscars that way that year, and, and Uggy was a big, huge star in it. He was a uh, Palm Dog winner for that film. And actually, they actually, um, actually, they actually, uh, <laughs> actually, um, there was an Oscar campaign, like the people that, that made the, uh, the, the artists, actually, I don't think it was them. I think it was like a subgroup or somebody else actually campaigned to get Oscar, uh, a special a Oscar for yeah. Uggy for his performance, but See, that didn't I, actually I happen. don't particularly like the artist. I can't remember what movie I was rooting for when it came out, but I remember feeling very angry that I didn't think the artist was deserving of Best Picture, but that, yeah. but I will say Uggy is the greatest thing in that movie. Yeah, he was also in Water for Elephants. I don't know if you ever saw that. He I was didn't. in that as well. Yeah, he, I never saw yeah, it. Yeah, but... he had he had quite a career for a while. Yeah, he did. Unfortunately, this is the last film he ever made. <laughs> Unfortunately, for many reasons. <laughs> exactly. And that's the first thing I'll say was watching this. It was really sad because he's very old in this movie. He is, and he yeah. looks old. And, yeah, like, he lived, like, two more years. So he died in 2015. Okay. He died at 13 years old, which is, I feel like, okay. still... Good average age, I think, for a little Jack Yeah, Russell. Yeah, exactly. I feel but, like, like with the health he was in, like, he probably should have made it to 20, but... Yeah, like, but, oof, this film, he looks... <laughs> old and it's either that i don't know what they were doing with that poor dog in this film well in fairness i think this movie also probably took a few years off of his life <laughs> <You're> pro- <laughs> that legit it's probably because they kept him in the goddamn carrier oh the God. entire road trip like ugh. <laughs> the thing about these movies is that usually like they're pretty to look at right they're often mm. set in like a cute small town or if they're in the city then everybody is like living in these amazing apartments that nobody in the city actually lives in so usually people are pretty people are dressed in like cute jc penny's uh, high-end clothing this movie is so ugly in every way so ugly. um directed by one fred <laughs> olin ray uh, that's my theory for why it's so ugly to oh, be yes. honest <laughs> Uh, I mean, Fred Olin Ray is, I mean, prolific is the word that comes to mind when you're talking about him. I mean, uh, I didn't have a clue until I looked him up and I was like, oh my God. Yeah, he has 158 dr- credits as a director. For 2019, he has three, he has directed three Christmas movies for 2019. Wow. But did you look at other things? So I looked him up on Letterboxd and like, it's the perfect combination because when (laughs) I was watching this movie, I was like, oh, this kind of looks like a bad porn or like, you know, it has that feel or like a really bad kind of. Yep, like Starter a cinema movie, movie that would be on Cinemax at like 3 a.m. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or like a love on a leash kind mm-hmm. of film, you know, like that kind of yep. story. And then I looked at his credits and I was like, oh, that's that's why it looks like this. Because he's done everything from, I mean, like, it, it's insane. <laughs> everything of his is either like a sci-fi ripoff, a Christmas movie, mm-hmm. weirdly enough, or like some kind of porn parody-ish looking thing. Yeah, the word bikini comes up a lot in his class. Yes, yes. There's a lot of women in either bra tops or bikini tops on the covers. I will say and- the titles of his films, some of these are pretty great. Tarzina, Jiggle in the Jungle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bikini Royale, uh, the girl from <laughs> B-I-K-I-N-I, girl with the sex ray eyes. Like, yeah, he basically, I think he started in kind of the low-budget horror world which turned into, you know, Emmanuel 2000 and a whole mm-hmm. lot of those movies. And then he found his niche. He directs a lot of the movies that show up on um, Ion or Own. A lot of the, uh, so he's not really, he's not doing the Hallmark ones. He's doing like some of the Lifetime ones, but more like the cheaper network versions of things. Yeah. And you can kind of see why. I'm sure he makes these films very quickly. Um, <laughs> this probably did not cost much to make. I hope it didn't. The most expensive thing had to be Uggy's salary. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's go it, through, yeah. like, the plot of the movie. Do you want to try to sum up? And we can spoil it away. It's oh, really boy. fine. Uh, you know, just, like, the basic plot? Or yeah. yeah, let's the, give everybody uh, an idea. Because I don't know that I want to tell people to watch this movie. It's on Amazon Prime, <laughs> so it's easy enough to do. But yeah. if you don't see it, at least so they understand kind of roughly what the storyline is here. Yeah. 
So, um, yeah, you might have to help me with this, but because uh, I didn't really grab any character names, but <laughs> I know that they weren't related to Christmas in any sort no, of way. No, in a weird way. So Maya is the lead, and yeah. Patrick Muldoon's character is easy to remember because his name is Patrick. Exactly. And then there's Scoots the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, so what it is is that uh, Maya really wants to get engaged for the holidays, but her boyfriend instead breaks up with her. And then her and Patrick work at the same high-end pet company. The same high-end pet company called Pet Products. Pet, yeah, Pet Products. Yep. Which, that's very high-end. I guess that was the know. easiest name to Photoshop on a building. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Pet products? Pet products. That's it. Um, Just also, say what the really... product does. <laughs> also, you can tell it's high-end because what? what is Patrick? He's like the vice president of something or other. Vice but president works... of, hu- of, of human relations, I think. Yeah. Like but his office is a cubicle. Yes. Like he doesn't have his own office. He's just in a cubicle with the rest of the grunts. Yeah, that that's definitely the office that like five minutes after they cleared out had to get reused for like Bikini Babe CEO or something. Oh, 100%. 100%. Uh, So the both of them like apparently don't really like each other as seen by one scene. Mm -hmm. But that's about it. That's all you need. Um, And uh, of course, a week before Christmas, they've come up. With a brilliant Christmas campaign, because those things aren't marketed way in advance, um, of uh, Scoots Across America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, now that I've just said that out loud, I'm like, that's a horrendous campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, already the dog's name is Scoots, which I'm just like, yeah, because dogs scoot their ass across the carpet yeah, all so the time. I wasn't when thinking they it, but as soon as you say it, I'm like, yeah, that's that's not what I normally want to picture when I'm buying shampoo for my dog. No. Uh, so Scoots across America, where he's going to go from D.C. to L.A., traveling and visiting small towns. Uh, but unfortunately, what? There's some kind of accident off screen where Scoots's handlers can't do the trip. Mm. So instead, Patrick, in need of proving himself to his father... George um, Hamilton, no less. George Hamilton, no less. And his maybe gay lover? Mm-hmm. I like to think that, yeah. I, that's what I kind of thought, too. I was like, They never oh. really say what his job is. He's sort of like the <laughs> assistant to George Hamilton, but they are totally framed as two gay dads. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yes. Winston, I think his name mm. was. That sounds right. Um... Uh, he is in charge now of doing this trip. And then because Maya just got basically dumped or, you know, her boyfriend was like, listen, I'm not really serious about this, but let's go on this trip anyway. And so she dumps him, I guess. I don't know. It was a, it, one of those breakups. It, you know what it felt like? It felt like if you've ever wanted to quit but really wanted to get fired so you got unemployment so you could say you got fired instead of quitting like that's what it felt like it was like him being like yeah i want to break up with you but i'm not going to break up with you so that you're going to break up with me that's kind of how it ended up ending so they they so she decides to join him on this cross-country trip yeah because she's she needs she uh, her parents live in l.a um, and she can't afford a plane ticket, which again, I was like, wait, what? And even George <laughs> Hamilton's like, why can't you afford a plane ticket? And she's like, you don't pay me enough. And I was like, wait, you work for, you're like in the high up so that you're in a board meeting. Like for she's the on company. the small council. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The small, this small four or five person team yep. talking about marketing, but you don't get paid enough to, to buy to get a, one plane ticket to LA. Uh, at the most, like what four four fifty dollar plane ticket to get to LA. I mean, maybe because it was so close to Christmas, so she had already checked and prices had surged. I don't know. Uh, still, still, she's. I saw that building that their their home front is in. <laughs> George Hamilton does have the best reaction to that, though, which is basically like, "Oh yeah, you're right. Okay, go on the trip." <laughs> He's like, "All right, well, whatever. Yeah, have fun on your road trip." Uh, so then they go on a road trip, and of course hijinks question mark ensue these are some awkward hijinks (laughs) i mean the yeah so there is you know the small town barbecue joint um there is the getting arrested in a small town um there is the um the the best i think um diversion to 
to the old age home. Mm, I loved it so much. It was a tribute to Magic Mike, I think, and I really appreciated well, it. Did this, oh, wait, did this come out before Magic Mike? Magic Mike yeah, might, have, uh, might have stolen the orig- this thunder. No, I'm sure it came out after the original. Let's see, Magic Mike, oh yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, Magic yeah. Mike was 2012. Time yeah. moves fast. <laughs> but they're like, you know what? Old ladies love strippers. And also, I kind of want to move to that town where every Christmas they just give the old women in the retirement home a stripper. It felt like, like a Shirley Jackson story. Yeah. And I was like, everybody's really into it. Too. It did kind of feel like that. Yeah. Because he- then afterwards, the guy was like, every year, somebody's, somebody's got to do, do it. it. You're right. Like, <laughs> somebody drew the Black Rock. Man. <laughs> Yeah, that that's even, the it's a weird thing to happen. Yeah, and even the children of the town knew that this man was on his way to become the stripper. Yeah. It's it, really bizarre. There I mean I always say this about all of these movies, all you have to do is like linger on a shot for another 3 seconds and the movie turns from being like lovey-dovey Hallmark movie to being like terrifying lifetime thriller about a stalker. <laughs> And, like, this one, it turns into something else entirely, but it's there. There's such weirdness going on. Um, I think my favorite of the kind of the quirky little townisms that we had was the town of Willoughby, where, um, oh, wait, no, Willoughby was where the strippers were. I forget the name of the town. My favorite was the town where Mindy Cohen is running a coffee shop. Yes. And because, um, you know, Maya is, like, a big city girl and doesn't, you know, like quaint things, she demands that Patrick go and get her green tea. So he walks into this coffee shop asking for green tea. And, of course, Mindy Cohen's like, I don't know what that is. He's like, okay, a hot tea? She's like, we don't have hot tea here. I mean, what are you talking about? And, like, she looks at her with such – she looks at Patrick with such, like, confusion. It's like, what is this tea that hot is hot tea? that you were speaking of? What? Yeah. I- Never heard of ice. We have iced tea. I can make that hot hot. tea. And the weirdest thing is later we go back to the barbecue joint, which is like pure West Virginia, quote unquote, pure West Virginia barbecue, which isn't even a thing in West Virginia. But (laughs) in West Virginia, so like the guy who runs it is like this, you know, big, burly Southern guy and he uses dog shampoo and all that. And when Maya's boyfriend goes to find her there, he asks for a latte and he gets one. Like, there's not even a question about what's a latte. <laughs> like, no, in this barbecue joint, they also serve lattes. That's not even a thing in any barbecue joint. Yeah, no, no barbecue joint would ever serve a latte. But also, but my favorite part of that scene then was that uh, Kit Pardue, who plays her her boyfriend, fiance, ex, whatever thing, um, he's like, he starts saying things and he's never heard the term BBQ. So he's like, <laughs> BBQ? What? Burger, what are these? Is this red P-A? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, well, I don't understand what you're talking about. And I was like, who hasn't heard of barbecue? Like, BBQ. What? It, it, the movie tries really hard to, like, make people into different castes of society, if you will. Yeah. And that could have worked if it had maybe, like... Because that character isn't even really treated as this, like, super elitist. And it would have been very easy to have done that. Like, from the beginning, always put him in a suit and have him, like, I don't know, like, always having his pinky up and only drinking martinis. Like, there's a way to have have him, like, that that be believable. But it's not. Like, he lives in D.C. He's a lawyer in D.C. West Virginia's not that far from D.C. Surely he's you know, heard the term WV and understands that means West Virginia. Yeah, there there was something really bizarre. And I think it like the whole thing with like the only reason why he's on this road trip, he was fine with breaking up with her. But then his boss came in and was like, we'll make you partner if you ever get married. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? That, Who in fucking yeah. DC has that kind of morals? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, is this movie secretly trying to, like, elevate the morality of lawyers? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, every movie has a hidden agenda. That could have been one of these ones. I did, like, going back to Willoughby really quick was that, um, A, it was called Willoughby, and there was a Twilight Zone Zone joke in there, which I don't know if you caught or not, but she notices that it's called Willoughby, and she's like, 
I guess next up, Willoughby. And I was like, that's the name that of a Twilight Zone a Twilight episode. Zone. Oh, man, I didn't even think of that. Good catch. I, it's, it's because it's like one of my, I used to live on Willoughby Avenue. And then like, nice. you know, like every time I watched the old series of, of Twilight mm-hmm. Zones, I don't know why, but that one would always pop up. And I'm like, next up, Willoughby. <laughs> like, ah! Nice, really good shout out. For like precisely 0.5 seconds of this film. <laughs> yeah, that, that's important. Well, let's dive into the tropes, because this is okay. 2013. So it's kind of right as the formula is really being finalized. Um, and I think this one meets most of them. So the first thing we always need is our lead in need of a lesson. So in this case, Maya. Uh, how would you describe Maya? Do you think she needs to learn something about herself or about the holidays? I mean, it It only... <sighs> She's not really portrayed that way until they start to get on the road. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where I guess she's supposed to be really uptight. um, And she's very precisioned. Which in the world of these movies, you might as well be a Nazi. Yeah, I guess that's the way. Although it doesn't necessarily come up. I mean, come across. Because she's very friendly with her mom. She's Mm -hmm. very friendly with all of her co-workers. Um, It's just that she doesn't want him to burp. And you're like, which is, oh, she's Percy. Which is, like, fairly reasonable. Like, if I'm sharing a small vehicle for five days, I'd kind of like to set some ground rules, too, and be like, you know, dude, like, if you're going to fart and burp, don't do it, like, while I'm sitting right here. Yeah. And she's like, I know that you're a playboy. Like, if anything, I think it was more set up that he needs, like, True. the lesson yep. more than her, because he's, like, this playboy, rich kid who's who's drifted and coasted along on life because his dad is the head of the company. Well, I guess they do with her, like, have her have a, a, a transformation, right? When she starts speeding. Oh, totally. <laughs> right, like, yeah. she, she won't drive over the speed limit until she's, like, with a teeny bit of goading, she's like, okay, I'm going to do 100 on a highway. And then it's like, no, don't. That's not how you show off <laughs> that you have changed, lady. And also yeah, they gave her very angry eyebrows. Oh, my God. And her, I was, I think, most upset with this film because I think hers and my haircut is kind of similar. And it looks so atrocious on her head that I was like, oh, my God, remind me never to pin back my bangs because, Mm. oh, my God, this is horrible looking. Well, like when Uh, she did that, it actually felt very like early 2000s uh, Kelly Taylor and 90210. It very much is. Yeah. That's exactly what her hairstyle is. And also the way that she's dressed is like not, I think, typical Christmas movie type of way. True, true. She's in a lot of like pastels. And, yeah, and it doesn't know. fit the red and green that we've really come to expect from this. Yeah, and I, I know I jumped the gun on that one. But like, yeah, it just it was very weirdly wardrobed as well. Because well, And it goes to just the utter like ugliness of the movie. Yeah. Which also fits number. So number two is our setting, which is typically a big bad city or a charming small town. Mm-hmm. In this case, we get, you know, we start in the quote unquote big bad city because we have a lot of stock footage shots of Washington, D.C. Hmm. But then we quickly move to small town, small town, small town. And I don't know about you, but did those small towns all kind of look a little bit alike to you? Uh, well, fun fact, I think if you write, read the IMDb, like two of the restaurants have the same um, exterior because they are the same building. Oh, yes. most so, <laughs> so, yeah, every one of those things. And you don't you only see the inside of the restaurants or the bars that they're going to, you don't see any of the actual town. Like right. you see them driving on the highway, which is really boring looking, but that's kind of about it. Yeah. And then you have like a really ugly, sad old age home. Yeah. I guess there's the gazebo. True. So kind of looked a little like broken down Gilmore girl set. But <laughs> other than that. They got it for a bargain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, number three is important because this is where I think – a lot of number one is answered too. So three is the bland love interest who is most commonly like a really nice guy, widowed dad who does a lot of things with his hands. But the alternate, which is what we get here is when it's a poor little rich boy. Yeah. And who talks like Keanu Reeves, <laughs> but that's how Patrick Muldoon talks in every. Is that movie. I was going to ask you that? I'm like, does that guy always talk like? Does yeah. he have Keanu voice where he can't help but kind hey, of like dude all the time? I would never. My favorite line he has: "I would never date a woman who cooks." <laughs> but how yeah, does that I work? Didn't under, they're all 
serious. When she's In like, have way. you ever had a serious girlfriend? He's like, they were all serious. None of them were funny. Yeah, which <laughs> like, is kind of a good line. It's kind of good, but also yeah. really terrible. So Patrick Muldoon, uh, most people probably associate him with Starship Troopers. Oh, yeah. that's where I've seen that guy before. For <laughs> me, he I had like a closer relationship to him before that because he was on Days of Our Lives when I was like oh. in that like right age of watching it. And he played Austin and I, it's killing me that I can't remember his last name, but he was like the heartthrob for a couple of years. And then he, you know, left for big Hollywood stardom and mm-hmm. has since done like, I think in terms of like the the male actors who are doing these movies, he probably has the highest count of oh, the Coast really? Christmas. Yeah, he because he's been doing them since the beginning. He's always wow. shown up as a love interest, and now that he's older, like he'll show up as like occasionally the villain or as a supporting character. Mm-hmm. But he's everywhere, and he has no range. He is not mm-hmm. a, a a good actor by any means. No, not at all. And my favorite part about the him too was uh, when George uh, Hamilton was talking about his son and be like, "What? My son's fine." With uh, Winston, he's like, "My son's fine. He's you know, I, I I give him a lot, and and he should be where he's at." And then he's like, "Yeah, you've given him everything in life." And as a thirty five year old, <laughs> and I was like, "Um, in what world is that is man thirty five? Because it ain't mine. Well, I'll you know, tell you that right now. <laughs> he's living pretty hard. So I mean, that does age a man." Oh, he looks 10 years older than me and I'm 43. So I don't know what, what is happening yeah. there. It's, I mean, that's the other thing. Like this movie doesn't have like that filter that a lot of the Hallmark movies have where you just True. feel like you like Lori Laughlin has not aged in 30 years. And I bet in real life you looked at her like it would probably be like a portrait of Dorian Gray type thing. But there's a Hallmark filter that they're able to use on these movies. And Fred Olin Ray does not have the budget for that. No, he should have gone back to the old stuff, just putting, what is it, pantyhose over the lens or whatever. <laughs> it would <laughs> help. Like, give it that effect. It, <sighs> number, so number four is the montage. We get like mini montages. We um, get the photos. We get the photos. Talk about those photos. Describe what those photos are. <laughs> These photos were the worst. Oh, the worst graphics I've ever. <laughs> I love movies so, that try oh, to I can't do even social describe media. Them they were so bad. So they were like um, almost like social media posts is what they're supposed to look like, but they kind of look like just like um, you know when you're computer goes into screensaver mode and it, just, it does it on Polaroid style. Yes. So it kind of looks like that. And my favorite part was uh, the social media post that was supposed to be like a Facebook one. It always had like a black box next to it. And then it said like, Kirk scoots just came through our town. We something like that, but it never had an individual photo. They forgot yeah. to put somebody's photo in that little box. Well, and there was another one that they would keep reusing the same photo. Oh yeah. They kept just, they only spent like maybe a day with scoots. I feel like, yeah, um, that and explains like a lot. that was it. Like Uggy, I don't think was on that set very long. I hope he wasn't. For his own good. Yeah. The craft service of this movie could not have been high quality. I think that they just got those ribs were probably craft service because they just kept eating them. (laughs) And there's Patrick, there's like a behind the scenes shot of Patrick Muldoon sitting there chewing on a pig's ear. I mean, honestly. Boy. The other thing we get in the montage, we do get traveling by map. Oh, I forgot about that part. Yeah, that's Always true. It does that. show that, but it doesn't, it's not a montage. It just shows a little yep. red line on a map. Just to show <laughs> that distance. Because clearly, we're in Oklahoma now. We're not in LA. We're in Oklahoma. Can't you tell we're filming in Oklahoma? Wink, wink. Yeah. God, it was so bad. Now, number five is one of my favorites that comes up in these movies, and that is Dead Parents. Woo-hoo. Uh we definitely have dead parents in this movie. Or dead parent, rather. Mm-hmm. Just one. Just one. Uh Patrick's mom, and that's why he's the playboy he is. Because <laughs> ever since mom dad dead uh, mom died. Ever since mom dad dead. doesn't nope. let, mom dead. like to, Oh my god, I can't say the words. Ever since mom died, dad doesn't like to spend Christmas with me. <laughs> and that's why I'm a wacky playboy who looks like I'm fifty seven years old. 
Like he now, does. He actually looks older than George Hamilton in this movie. I mean, he looks. I don't know what rat's nest of a hair treatment he's mm. using, but it's not working. I don't think he's using the same shampoo that is like the pet product shampoo that everybody's raving about. Yeah, I don't think so either. Like when he like took his shirt off and stuff for the like strip scene, I was like, oh, he doesn't have like old man chest. No, like, no. that's holding up pretty well, and yeah. his like body looked okay, but his face and his hair are a mess. I think it's the tan. I think he's he's somebody that has because he's always been very tan yeah. and I'm guessing he like really works to keep that tan and I mean anybody is anybody knows the sun is your enemy when it comes to aging ah uh, yeah it so is that's why uh, I'm very happy with my porcelain that's why I just stay pasty white me too <laughs> that's why I hide from the sun I'm with you I use my SPF 100 and call yep. it a day 100% <laughs> now number six is our sassy sidekick Mm, I think Uggy is the size. I would agree. Yeah. At first I thought just because it was the only character that wasn't white in the movie, I'm like, (laughs) oh, she has a black coworker. So clearly she's going to be the sidekick, but she doesn't really get much to do. No, she doesn't. But did you notice that like at the very end or like, was it at the end or, you know, like when she starts talking to her coworker and she's like, yeah, the red chip's going fine. And then there's like tension about, oh, are you falling in love with him? Boogie, boogie, boogie. She, they sign off and she's like, okay, love you. I love you too. And I was like, wait, what? That's yeah. your coworker. What are you talking about? Who says that? That was definitely a scene written by a man. I'll say that <laughs> I was much. like, what? <laughs> yeah, because they never established that like they're fr- like, I mean, you can be friends with your coworker. That happens. But the oh, movie totally. And they share, like, an office. Yeah, apparently. but it doesn't seem to, like, push anything as far as, like, them being really close. Yeah. And so then it's like, oh, yeah, they're on the phone together. So, yeah, like, you're totally – now you're best friends. Sell it that way. Like, that's not how it works, but okay. Yeah. Uh, that was my favorite. I was like, wait, what? Did they just say I love you to each other? And I think it's the only time I love you is said in this. Oh, oh wait, no, probably. towards the end. Okay, my bad. Yeah. No, that's – side note, that's my biggest fear in life is accidentally saying I love you on the phone to somebody <laughs> just out of habit. That would be amazing. Like, think about like, half the people that you fear. speak to on the phone when you hang up. You're like, like my mom. Okay, love you. My husband. Okay, love you. See you tonight. I'm, so, I'm always mm-hmm. like, I have it in my head. I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to say it on a work phone call. It's going to happen yeah. one day. And then I just quit, right? <laughs> I'm like the complete opposite because I don't have a boyfriend or a husband and like rarely talk to my mom. So I'm like, <laughs> it's a struggle for me to actually say I love you if I actually talk to her on the phone. I'm like, I, I love you? It sounds so foreign coming out of my mouth. I'm like, Aww. I feel like I'm insulting her when I say that. <laughs> I, I feel like you're setting yourself up to be like the star of the next Hallmark Christmas movie. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I like legitimately like could do that because where do I work in a small boutique shop in the uh, big bad city I'm perpetually single mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm very kind of I'm getting more into Christmas but I used to be very anti-Christmas um yeah the, the no, trick I you am... have to either get really into Christmas or stay really away from Christmas yeah exactly because yeah. then you get you're like super Christmassy because then you're going to convert like the poor little rich boy who isn't Christmassy or you have to keep being anti-Christmas so that a kind, humble, hardworking widow um, widower will then uh, convert you to the Christmas spirit. Yeah. Also, I don't really like kids. So there's yeah, that. That yeah, is I tough. I like the epitome of like a Hallmark holiday movie. Yep. You just need to... <laughs> You just need to get in your car and go on a road trip and get and have have Break car down. trouble in a cute little yeah. town like Willoughby, and then then you're good. Exactly. Now this someday, and I have cats. Oof. I'm like the trifecta. No, I'm it's with great. you there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, number oh. seven. Oh. oh no 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 no. Go ahead. Sorry, my bad. Oh no, what were you gonna say? Oh, I was. I thought we were still on the parents part, and I was going to talk about her parents, but I forgot that we had already moved past the parents part. So never mind. No, we're, we're going to get back to them. I think okay. number nine, they're going to they're going to come up because I believe me, I have a lot to say about that. <laughs> but we'll skip number seven. We have either the evil woman character or the boss. Mm, doesn't really apply. Well, There's because no... the, like George Hamilton, I don't understand what kind of business he's running. I don't either. Yeah. Like, it, he's not evil by any sort of realms. Well, like, he seems like he's a bad business guy just based on the whole, like, oh, he's, like, grooming his son who's really unqualified to be the next CEO, even though Maya's there and seems to know her shit. 
but like that never becomes any kind of conflict and then halfway through the movie he's just like i'm gonna do everything i can to make sure my son falls in love with this nice young lady yeah that part literally made no sense to me i was like wait so because clara her office mate was originally supposed to go on this trip yeah does that mean that he wanted patrick to fall in love with her or is it just weird happenstance that all of a sudden he's like wait a minute rubs hands together i can make this romance happen like i don't understand yeah it's one of those moments when i just think to myself rich people are different from the rest of us (laughs) because i'm sure he had a plan for either of those scenarios and like had it been clara i bet he would have perfectly like okay nope he's gonna win her heart the same exact way like but the steps are a little different and I kind of believe that, no, 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 no matter what, he was going to end up engaged by the end of this road trip, thanks to his father's, um, you know, puppet master machinations. Yeah, it was really bizarre how the dad got involved in the whole thing. Now, number eight is slapstick, which usually comes in the form of, like, a character just being, like, stupidly clumsy. Um, I expected more slapstick humor from this kind of movie especially since we had a dog like usually there's always and I guess we did have shots of like um Uggy kind of like putting his paw over his face when he was embarrassed like that kind of thing he didn't do anything he got the keys for the jail jail cell that's true that was literally like I watched this again earlier today unfortunately I watched it twice (laughs) um but I did it at work so at least I was getting paid um and I was like, when that finally happened, I'm like, oh my god, they're actually doing something with Uggy. Finally, he's actually acting and not just being held with his mouth wide open. Oh god, he was panting the entire, just the entire movie. Uh, I'm like, give this fucking dog some water. It really was making me uncomfortable to watch Uggy in this movie. Like, every shot of him, I just wanted to be like, no, get a different dog. He is too old for this. He's uncomfortable. You can tell he's uncomfortable. It was not. It was kind of like when Charlton Heston like reached that point and he was doing like NRA videos and it was just kind of sad. (laughs) Like that's sort of how I feel like Uggy may have made the decision to be in this movie. Yeah, I don't. It was really uncomfortable for me to watch. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, Yeah, there wasn't really. I thought that like Patrick would have brought more because he seemed to be like they portrayed him as being such a like whoa what's going on yeah. i'm a wacky dude and i thought that it was gonna be more of him kind of like skateboarding doing... or something yeah or yeah. like tripping and falling a lot for some weird reason but none of that really no, happened the closest we get like to hijinks really is when maya's boyfriend keeps getting beaten up yeah i think that that was supposed to be the hijinks yeah, yeah. he gets beat up every single place he goes which also i still don't understand like if he knew where the end location was, why did he drive? He could have just flown to L.A. Yeah, that that was also one of those moments when I thought, gee, maybe they looked at the script and realized, oh, we only have like 108 minutes. How do we pad this out a bit? Yeah. No. Oh. I don't know. Now, number nine is an exciting one, and that is our sage old person, mm-hmm. which is, again, like sort of George Hamilton a little bit since he's like there to make sure things happen. But you also have... Uh, also starring Shelley Long as Maya's mom. Mm. Also, Shelley Long in this movie made me really uncomfortable. Oh Her <laughs> career the last, like, 15 years has been these kinds of movies, and it's horrifying. I got really, like, she came on the screen, and I was like, I gasped. Yeah. I was like, oh, is that Shelley Long? Yeah. And then I was like, why does she look like Mrs. Claus? <laughs> Which eventually gets told to you that she basically is mrs claus but I, yeah. I, I was like oh this is no what and i don't know what voice she was using it was yeah. very unsettling she was very unsettling in this movie i hated it so much no i i i, I want to like i want her to like really get to tell her story because i think she's yeah. had a fascinating career like she really was one of the most talented comedic actresses of the 80s she had it all going for her she then she had like a bad reputation which is one of those things you look back on and you're like it wasn't a, like you just were ambitious and people didn't like it because you were a woman like i feel like they yeah. were like she was kind of done wrong by a lot of studios and a lot of the press and i and, bet like oh sorry i didn't mean to interrupt no, no, but no, i no. bet like if you look back on it now too you're like okay so she's difficult to work with especially with everything that's come out with me too i'm just like 
what yep. made her difficult. Exactly. Like, was it really that she was demanding things? And like, I know a bunch of fucking male stars that demand shit yep. and like still are stars. So why not her? You yeah. know? And, and it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Because I think like she's earned a comeback Mm-hmm, and definitely. I mean, she works a, a fair amount. Like she was on Modern Family for a while. She she does a lot of, but like mostly, I see her in these kind of shitty movies. And it's not even like the good Hallmark ones. It's like the dog who saved the holidays. She shows up in that, and it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. And and then like I can't tell like when she does this whatever thing she's doing in this movie, is that her kind of trying to do something different with this like nothing character? I don't know. It really, it made me really, really sad to watch yeah. her in every scene that she was in because it was so stiff yep. and so not the Shelley Long that I know that I was like, I don't understand. I, I, it was really confusing to me. And it, re- like, I, I keep saying it, but it really made me uncomfortable every time she was on screen. It kind of feels like in. Um, like in a lot of horror movies when a character is like brought back from the dead and like they're not a zombie but like they're functioning but there's something off about them like that's yeah. kind of how I feel about her career in the last 15 years it's very sad yeah like every time she, I kept thinking too like it she's almost acting like she had like a stroke or like yeah. memory loss or something like that and they just were like it's Shelly Long just wheel her out there and she'll do a thing and it'll be great yeah yeah, we paid for her. We got to get this done. Yeah, it was really. There was also a lot of ra- really random stars in this movie. So. <laughs> That's right. Wink Martindale. Um, like, who thought of Wink Martindale in the last <laughs> who's 20 ever years? Thought of Wink like, Martindale? Who the fuck? Well, and everybody's so excited. I'm like, there's no way those human beings know who Wink Martindale yeah, is. Yeah, that, that being guest starring on the Wink Martindale show, which is apparently a thing in 2013, is going to revive <laughs> Scoot's career, even though the dog is clearly near death the entire movie. Yeah. And the oh. owner of the inn, like, it took me a second. I forget the actress's name, but I was like, oh, my God, it's the girl from Saturday Night Fever. I was like, oh, my God, you're right. Yeah, yeah like Donna, Donna Pestel. Gets, unfortunately, yeah. assaulted at the end of the film. But, yeah, it's her. Yep. And I was like, holy crap, that's crazy. Yeah, and then, of course, you have Cindy Brady, Susan Olsen, yep. as the woman, oh, God, at the, brings us to number 10, Santa Claus, our only Santa Claus sighting in this movie, is Patrick Muldoon dressing as Santa Claus and stripping for old women. Mm-hmm. And and Susan Olsen, who's there watching him with excitement. Yes, exactly. She's in charge of the place and allows this to happen every year. Yeah. <laughs> I, and, like, allows slash is, like, enslaved to ensure otherwise the town disappears. Again, yeah. there's a good spinoff movie to be made about that town. Honestly, I think we should write it because that sounds amazing. I'm in. I'm in. (laughs) All right, let's delve into the bonus round. So we get public domain holiday songs. There is like the the first song that plays. There is the opening song, and then they sing Jingle Bells. Is that what they sing in the in the barbecue place? Yep. And and that's it. Oh no, there's more. There's uh, there's Joy to the World. There's Away in a Manger. Um, there's Oh Christmas Tree comes up at some point. Like every everything on the list. I don't think there's any Nutcracker, but all of the other public domain Christmas songs are at some point played in this movie. Oh my god, I totally missed them because I was so transfixed by Apparently, all the really the crappy. <laughs> um, also, how weird is that opening? I think it's We Wish You a Merry Christmas, but it's like the weirdest offbeat, like mm-hmm. jazzy version of it. Well, I think a lot of these songs for this for this movie were um, kind of written, not written for the movie, I think definitely, but also uh, recorded so that it's not a full song. It's just like a chunk of song. Yeah. So I think even in the end credits, like it plays half the song and then it (laughs) goes, and I was like, wait, what? Where's the rest of the song? It's not even playing throughout the whole credits. Like what? (laughs) All these songs were, oh, they were so terrible. Fred Olin Ray knows how to save a buck. Mm-hmm. And oh, he and you know his son is also directing movies now. Oh, really? In the same exact way. Yeah, I watched a Lifetime movie wow. he did, and it's exact like it's not even. You're like, what? Wow! It's like a clone. It's amazing. It's a family business. Yeah. It's amazing. Now the next thing we usually look for is a cloying child. I don't. Aside from like the teenagers that made fun of Patrick Muldoon for having to strip <laughs> for the old women, I feel like there were no children in this movie. No, there weren't any children. Just those, the group of kids that run up to him, and that's it. I'm always fascinated by that, because I feel like it's when a movie, like, 
isn't even going to pay an onset tutor or like doesn't even want to deal with kid actors. They're like, nah, we, we know we don't really have a market anywhere. So yeah, that, that group of kids were all like the like riggers kids that just oh, happened definitely. to be on set that day. Yeah. Yeah. Extra. Where it's like they had like, they could maybe they could stay home from school yep. like, or they were like had suspension. So it's like, all right, your punishment is you have to be in the dad's movie. Yep. They weren't even paid. No. Um, <laughs> ice skating. We do get some stock footage of ice skating. Mm. Definitely not done for the movie, but it's there. Yeah. Um, I didn't catch any Canadianisms because I'm pretty sure this was all filmed in L.A. Yeah. I didn't really notice any accents or anything like that. Or Same with a character with a Christmas name. Disappointing Mm -hmm. that we don't get one. Especially when you're trying to slyly indicate that her parents are Mr. and Mrs. Claus. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you give her... Just name her Holly. When in doubt, name the kid Holly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Christmas tree lighting. There were no official ones. Um, We didn't have official karaoke, but we did have everybody in a barbecue singing Jingle Bells together with the dog. (laughs) As you do. And also that diner, that, that scene... We, we didn't talk about that. Let's talk about that barbecue scene before we get to, you know, boyfriend not knowing what BBQ stands for. Mm-hmm. They go to a barbecue restaurant, which Maya thinks is just like the most disgusting thing in the world. And <laughs> she asked for the wine. She, yeah. Like, like, and then like can't understand that she's in a place that serves lattes, but not, which in fairness, like there were lattes on the menu, but there was no Cabernet. I mean, honestly, they could just been red, white. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but they have bourbon, so they can serve alcohol. Yeah, you'd think at that point. It was just a strange, like everything about this movie just is a weird miscalculation of screenwriting and then like execution on set type thing. Oh, a hundred! Uh, I yelled so many times. I was like, "That's not how the world works." Like, <laughs> there was so many like irritating points where I was like, "Who does that? Yeah, what are you talking about?" <laughs> well, and then the next one is the um, actor's inability to act with an empty cup of coffee, which we get here because when Mindy Cohn gives Patrick two cups of, quote unquote, iced tea made hot, mm-hmm. the way she holds those cups is just, it's embarrassing for oh, anybody that's held a that cup. Part. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm so eagle eyed for it. Because <laughs> it's just the strangest, like, I get, like, I don't know. Like, look, acting is hard. I don't act. I don't know how to do it. But I feel like, as a director, like, if you're watching that scene, don't you just be like, you know, hang on. Let me just fill this cup with water. Now do the same scene. Yeah, because I feel like it's all – I always notice it when when they put the cup down, and you can almost hear the emptiness of the cup hitting the (laughs) counter. Like, I'm like, why would you not just put water inside of that? Like, give it some kind of weight. Yeah, because if an actor doesn't have the ability to fake that, help him out. Just help him. Um, the next one is the, when characters go to bed at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, because they're clearly filming, like, in the daytime. Mm-hmm. Uh, this case, we don't have it, but we do have a weird progression of time in this movie. Yeah. Like, Thanks. their first day, they're going from D, they're like, wow, we really have to get moving. So they go from D.C. to West Virginia. And overnight. Driving. Yeah, well, and then they're like, oh, boy, we have to make up time. Like, yeah, you think? Like, why did it take you, like, 12 hours to go from D.C. through West Virginia? Because they stopped at the barbecue place with the guy, it's the true. lead. We didn't even talk about the sign around the guy's na- like head. What did it say again? It said, hi, my name is, like, whatever. How may I help you? Yeah, Curly, right? It, he was Curly? Yeah, maybe it was Curly. I don't. I mean, the name of the place was Curly. Right. I don't know if his name was Curly. But, but it was, like, a sign that you saw in, like, the 1930s street urchin. Where That's <laughs> a very good point. Like they were just, yeah, trying to make him look as if it was, like, Hoover Town or something. Yeah, they were really trying to do the whole, like, look, this is a redneck. Right, and I was like, like he no. uses dog shampoo. Yeah. Which, mm. side note, um, I, I don't know, remember if I've told this story on the podcast before, but I did once, um, unbeknownst to me, wash my hair with dog shampoo for a week. <laughs> for a whole week yeah That's i was so great i like was at home i was like i couldn't find shampoo and i like open up a cabinet and i see a bottle of pantene for color treated hair i'm like oh it's probably my sister's i'll use it and i use it for a week and my hair is getting like brittle and like it just like dying i'm like oh and i say to my <laughs> sister i'm like diane your shampoo sucks by the way she's like what shampoo i'm like the shampoo that was in the cabinet your pantene for like dyed hair 
She goes, I don't know. Oh, no. I was, I, that was an empty container. I filled it up with dog shampoo for the dogs. And I found that I had accidentally washed my hair with dog shampoo. And, uh, folks, I do not recommend it. It might smell good on a dog, but it is not designed for human hair. <laughs> I love it. If anything, I would think it would make, because it's made for, like, really coarse hair. Yeah. I would think that it would make your hair maybe even, like, ultra soft or oily or it something It just, like, like thinned it out, and it was, like, cracking. Like, it was just <laughs> not designed for me. That's <sighs> amazing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's an important fact that I like to share with people. <laughs> Let's see. The other ones we've got, um, the magical sprinkle sound effect. I didn't really hear in this one. Mm-mm. And then lastly, the careful balance of red and green. Nope. No. <laughs> yeah. Because everything looked gray and dead and yeah. real dull colors. Nobody had a palette in this film. No, it happens a lot with the movies that are made in L.A., uh, because I guess, like, L.A. is not, I mean, I'm sure, like, come Christmas time, things are decorated, but it just doesn't have any of that sort of natural spirit to it. So mm-hmm. everything, you have to really work to make an L.A. filmed movie look like Christmas, and this one does not have the budget or energy or time to do that. Yeah. It was just really a mess. Yeah. Um, but would you recommend it to the world? No. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend anybody watching this. I think it's really terrible. Now, who do you um, think this movie was made for? Who is the target audience? Um, like, a lot of movies featuring dogs are, like, ultimately aimed at kids. A lot of movies in this kind of cozy cardigan Christmas vein are aimed at, you know, women who just want something, like, sweet in the background. Who, like, when Fred Olin Ray is putting this together, who does he see at home watching this movie? I feel like maybe like old people that don't yeah. know don't know anything. Maybe Haven't Shelley Long's on character internet. in this movie. Maybe what? Shelley Long's character in this movie. A hundred percent. That's exactly that person. That character in real life is who would watch this film that and be sense. like, "That's sweet." <laughs> I, it's my favorite. Um, Let me go give it a five star review on IMDb. I mean, the fact that the woman. I have. I have a couple more. Um, problems with this film but the fact that Shelley Long's character sees that her daughter is out on the front porch with like a handsome man and is saying goodbye and is taking a little extra time and is just like comes back out and is like yeah lunch is getting cold get inside yeah Um, instead of letting that scene play out and maybe letting her daughter get a kiss from a nice looking man serious cock blocking going on on shelly long's part a hundred percent and it's weird because it starts out with her like very excited of like oh who's this coming for lunch oh okay i'll let you guys say goodbye and then she just comes out at the most inopportune moment yeah, but also, like, the entire trip, her mom's like, just be careful, you're with a strange man. And I was like, they work at the same company together. This isn't, this is presumably somebody she's known for multiple years. I don't think he's a, you know, granted right. that doesn't, you know, that stuff sure. can still happen. But a mom to be, like, freaking out that much, I was like, calm down, Mrs. Claus. Like, what is your glitch? <laughs> I think oh. she had a lot of glitches. Yeah, she was definitely a robot. Yeah. Oh, it's sad. Uh, do you have any more? You had a few more problems with this movie. Please share. Oh, I, I yeah. So I had a, it, this movie had one of my favorite things, which is when people go on um, searching on the internet and you have a very fake <laughs> web search system. Yeah. So what was it called in this one? Do you remember? It was called Net. Sur- net Net Dash. Net search. Dash. Oh, I like that. Net Dash Search dot web. <laughs> oh, that, that is definitely written... written by somebody that did not that ha- that usually has his kids go on the internet for him. Yeah, and it was written in a really not necessarily Comic Sans, but maybe a step above that in a really funky yes. like font. Yeah, that you're like, oh, that was designed by somebody that also worked on Saved by the Bell. That's ah. great. Um, so there, that was one of my I do, did love that because it brought me joy. Um, and then how they played the license plate game while traveling. Um, he explains the rules, but then they don't follow the rules. Yeah, I I guess my family didn't play that. Like, we played a U-Haul game that was similar, which was, like, always mm-hmm. be on the lookout for U-Hauls from different states. Right. But in this case, like, their, their version of the license plate game is, like, shout out a state 
on the license plate. Yeah, and whoever gets it first gets a point. But then they keep shouting out the same state. And I was like, you guys know that if you just shout it out, it's it, you don't get a point, right? Like, like, was the joke supposed to be that, like, oh, only people in West Virginia drive in West Virginia or something like that? I don't even know if it was supposed to be a joke. I think it was just, like, filler, conversational filler and something like a running gag to have throughout the travel. But it, it didn't work. Yeah. And they don't know how to play the game. No, no. <laughs> And also that that was the way they knew they were in a different state was was kind of strange. Mm, I bet you that's exactly why. Yeah. And I don't know why he was like, you know, Texas gets double points. I was like, wait, what? How? Yeah, because how does that work? There's more people in Texas than almost any other state. Yeah, if anything, they should it's get like less the largest. Points. Yeah, like what? Oklahoma should get more. Yeah, I don't get it. I yeah. didn't get it. it was... Anyway, those were my two little things. <laughs> Yeah, this, uh, you know, I, I thank you dearly for, for covering this one with me because I also apologize dearly. Mm, it was fine. I did torture myself by watching it twice. I just wow. wanted to make sure the second time I, I understood it. You, you are <laughs> definitely on the nice list for Santa then for, for that. <laughs> and for that, hopefully Patrick Muldoon will knock on your door and, and strip dressed as Santa. I'd take it. Why not? I mean, he did have a good body. He did have a good body. Like, I was like, go for it, dude. Yeah. Uh, you're keeping up with yourself. He's probably older than me, as I I, I want to Google to see how old he is, but I don't know. What- Let's, I, I will find out for you. The um, I mean, who knew that a diet of canned hot dogs would, would do that for you? He was born in 1968. 1968. Yep. So he's eight years older than me. Okay. So, yeah, he's, like, in his 50s. He's, like, 50, 51. That does, did not look like the body of a 50-year-old. Yeah, he, he's good for him to work out. We, we appreciate it as, a, yeah. you know, as, as an audience. Yeah. It, it gave us, like, the nicest-looking thing in this film by far. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he seemed to be having fun with it. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, Bless I mean, this thing. one didn't have anything that was horrifically offensive. Mm-mm. But it oh, was well, so mm, I mean, there was a couple times when they are like, they made gay jokes a bit. Mm. Uh, there was the whole, like, the dog smells like a girl. Are you sure it's a girl, not a boy? Yeah. Kind of joke, which was a really weird joke to me. And then the whole, okay, at the end of the movie when he leaves uh, Scoots with the hairdresser, who's yep. clearly gay, um, at the wink. So that's after they recorded then? I guess it wasn't live. Yeah, I was so confused by that setup. It there, Yeah, there was some weird, like, because this movie gives you missions, right? It's okay, we have to get it to L.A. in five days, and then there's a ticking yeah. clock. And then it's, oh, no, we have to get to Wink Martindale's studio by 2, 2 p.m. on Tuesday, so now there's another clock. And within that, like, okay, that's good for this for a movie like this that otherwise would just be kind of flailing, like, give it some kind of direction to go and some urgency. But then, like, just it, it just doesn't know how to be simple about its logistics because no. we we don't understand like okay so he has to get to the studio and do the interview but wait now he's on TV in the interview wait when did he had time to go get an engagement ring it's and did they and let's also address that they get engaged at the end of this movie they hadn't even made out no like he's just straight up like you can't get married to that other guy marry she, me and she's like yeah i guess i spent 5 days in a car with you and we didn't kill each other. So even though we have nothing in common, um, yeah, I, I guess you're a better option than my ex-boyfriend. Yeah. I, mean, I legit was mad at her from the first scene where she was just like, it's been a wonderful year. He's going to marry me. And I was like, I would never assume if I was going on vacation with somebody who had only been dating for a year that they were going to pop a question. like. Yes. That is way too soon to get married. <laughs> well, especially, it's funny, I just watched another a Hallmark movie from this year that did the same thing where the character was like, oh, he wants to take me to lunch at this restaurant. And the friend, in both cases, was like, oh, isn't that the engagement restaurant? And in both cases, instead, he dumps her. So that's another thing. Ladies, always be aware, if you think you're getting a ring and your boyfriend has you come to a fancy restaurant for said ring, you are not getting a ring. Oh, you're getting dumped. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you get to party with Uggy in his last days. Oh, bless his soul. Yeah. Poor Uggy. Yeah. Not not the greatest to go out on. 
Like, what was Orson Welles' last movie? Wasn't it also something really bad? The Transformers movie? Yeah, I think so. Where he provided the voice? Yeah, so, I mean, things happen, right? Like, never judge an actor by the end of their body of work. That's right. Yeah. Just remember them in their glory and their youth. Not when they're panting for air and... Yeah. It made me really sad. And I, I honestly, every time it showed Uggy in the carrier, they're in an RV. Yeah. Why would you put your dog in a carrier? Especially if it's a little Jack Russell. Like, what are you talking about? Nobody would ever do that. And, and yet they expect when they walk into a restaurant, yeah. there's like not even a question that the restaurant's going to be okay with them sitting down with a dog in a restaurant. Like, literally every place they go, the restaurant, the do- they're like, we can't do dogs. The little um, Airbnb place or whatever mm-hmm. that they go to, oh, we don't do dogs. Like, every single place. The I can't believe that. Well, okay. I can't believe the jail accepted the dog, to be quite <laughs> honest. But also, I don't know why they arrested all three of them for a speeding ticket when it was just her what that's not how the law works at all remember well that's not how the she arrested her under the pretense of arresting her but really she was going to give her the key to the city for not having a parking ticket and 20 years of driving that's the most insane thing that i've ever heard (laughs) so arrest these three people and put them in jail overnight right yeah because they did people and a dog yeah, the I mean, you never really look for logic in these movies, but it is interesting. But there's none. When you try there's to see none. like in somebody's mind, and in this case, I guess it's Fred Olin Ray and uh his co-screenwriter, like they think that we're going to believe that this is how the world can work in different towns. Is it one of those like flyover states nobody knows what it's like in Oklahoma, so we believe that this mm-hmm. is possible? Maybe it's that. Maybe. Yeah. I don't even honestly couldn't figure out where they were most of the time. Even though there was the red line driving everywhere. True. And I the license was like, plate game, of course. Yeah, I didn't know what state they were supposed to be in most of the time. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a movie that maybe maybe it could be remade. I mean, obviously we can't use Uggy, but hey, maybe the next animal superstar, uh, you know, maybe we'll get a holiday road trip too, or or the reboot of it where things make sense. Yeah, like, I think watching this the whole time, I was like, this could have been such a better film. Like, this could have been done in such the the great, cheesy, hallmark, mm-hmm. kind of lifetime, made-for-TV movie yep. way. And it was just missing every single point on the, 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 <laughs> the guideline system. It was, like, one center over. And I was like, wait, what? No, no. It was, like, one of those things where you, I don't know, you think of, like, somebody writing in script really pretty. And you're sitting there and you're watching them do it. And you're like, oh, that's not that hard. Let me try. And you take like a marker and you like with a big fat hand and you start trying to do it. It doesn't come out anything the same way. Kind of how I feel like this movie ends up making Hallmark look good, which is not something to aspire to. Yeah, exactly. You're like, wow, even Hallmark that puts out 500 Christmas movies every season can still make like of those 500 films are better than this one. Yeah, it gives Ow. you an appreciation. Like, you realize there is an art to dressing characters in red and green and having it work. Yeah. And, you know, this this movie just wasn't there. Yeah, and the for- the formula works, so you should follow that formula. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. So I'm going to let you go and um, open up a can of Little Wet Hot Dogs and eat them, because I know that's what you're planning tonight. Yeah, I thought I'd just, you know, go home, snuggle up, and watch some Wink Martindale. <laughs> Well, Wendy, where can people find you and your wonderful podcasts? Oh, well, you can listen to all the back episodes of Pet Cinematary. I'll hopefully have some new episodes out soon. Uh, But you can listen to the back episodes for now. Uh, And then go over and listen to The Losers. Both of those are found wherever podcasts are found. You can follow me on Twitter at um, Pet Cinematary, Meow Maze, or (laughs) The Losers. Um, It's all those kind of, just the normal social medias. I'm there. I'm easy to find. Yes. Uh, Thank you again for enduring this movie with me. Of course. Thank you for inviting me on. It's so nice to actually get to talk to you about this kind of stuff. Isn't it exciting? It's fun. I love it. Yes. Well, to to everybody else, we will bid good night. Good night. Ho, ho, ho. All right. I guess that's it. 
I'm in the doghouse. That's nothing new. You know I'm loyal. I'm lonesome and blue. Don't wanna play fetch. Not to want no bone. I just need a home. If you'll just say yeah, I'm here to stay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>